0: Well, it's absolutely wonderful to be in the presence of God, isn't it? It's my favourite thing. It changed my life when I was a teenager. And I'm so grateful to every single person who makes that possible in family church for, how, for us to have these times of, of corporate uh, worship, these times where we gather together and get to enjoy God's presence together. Um, there are, according to uh, my my list today. There are 65 people on team and that doesn't include all those that were involved with the setting up and the clearing up today. So I just think, I just want to give a big round of applause to everyone that's on team today. (laughs) A huge number of those people are in the kids church and youth ministry today Um, but um, all those guys that are on the sound, the AV, the lighting, uh, the setting up and the clearing up, the stage management and just everything, the car park, hosting, hospitality, um, first aid, safety, the list goes on. And uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for stepping up in this season. It feels like we've gone like from 0 to 100 in just a few weeks, doesn't it? Uh, we've gone from uh, doing everything online to, to coming back together. And, uh, and for Family Church um, in all of our locations, but especially here in Portsmouth, that's really full on. Um, because there 's a lot of people, and so just welcome back everyone that 's here, perhaps for the first time today, uh, those who uh, have just um, began to uh, come to family church, those who have just joined us there 's been a number of people over the last few weeks, and it 's so exciting to meet so many new people and to see God moving in your lives it 's a fresh season. Um, I just feel that the, there 's a freshness about what 's happening at the moment. Um, I find it really refreshing. Um, you know, the Bible says that, that repent of your sin and um, you'll find times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. And, uh, you know, when a person first comes to Christ, there's, there's often that, that sense of newness and freshness and excitement. And I just feel that right now in these times. Um, there's such an excitement in my heart about what, is God, what God's doing in each of our lives. So thank you again to everyone that's involved in making that happen. Today, I want to speak about the love of God. Um, And I think if there's one thing that we need to understand about God, um, it's that He loves us. And you may be sitting there just about to switch off because you think, well, I know all about the love of God. Um, Well, I hope this morning as I share today uh, that God will speak fresh into your heart about His love. And, you know, in the book of Revelation, we're challenged to come back to our first love. If we've left our first love, if we've if we've wandered down a path of of kind of just mundaneness or lukewarmness or just religion, um, God's just challenging His people to come back to their first love. And my prayer is that I would remain in my first love, that the joy of my salvation would be so fresh every day in my life. So, if there's one thing that we need to understand about God, it's that He loves us. You need to know today that God's heart is filled with love for you, and nothing could ever stop God loving you. God's love for you is like that of a father for his young child that the father holds in his arms. So picture yourself this morning as a young child held in the most perfect and loving father's arms, and that's who God is. And God holds his young child in his arms and is consumed with pure and selfless and sacrificial love for his child. That's the love of God. We'll talk more about that in a minute. You know, this child grows. And because of the immense love that the father has for his child in his heart, he's compelled time and time again to put his love that's in his heart into action in his child's life, the father's love compels him to nurture and provide for his child. That there's nothing that can get him around the fact that he wants to nurture and provide for his child. The father's love compels him to watch over and protect his child. The father's love compels him to show compassion and mercy over his child. Every time compassion or mercy is is needed. And the Father's love compels him to bring wisdom and correction to his child. Sometimes that's needed as well. And these continual actions of love are always pure, always selfless, and always sacrificial they're always authentic. They're, they're never about what the Father can gain. They're never for the Father's own benefit. And these acts of love always come, often come at a great cost to the Father. That's how much God loves us. Isn't it wonderful Wonderful to be loved by God? Anyone glad that you're loved by God today? You know, God's love is so perfect and so pure. And you know we're like a child held in the father's arms that grows, and there is nothing that could that you could do, even intentionally or unintentionally. There's nothing that you could do that ever stops the Father from loving you, and that's wonderful to know, isn't it? His love for us isn't about what we do. Amen So that's how God loves every one of us. Um, the reason humanity exists, I believe is because of the love of God. You know, starting with Adam and Eve, God created human beings as vessels for his love, vessels that he could pour his love into. So see yourself today as a, as a clay vessel. And the, 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 the primary purpose of your life, the greatest reason for your existence, is God wants to pour his love into your life. We are just singing that song, Mighty One, and it talks about how his love surrounds us. Well, that's what God wants to do. That's the purpose of your life. God created you to pour his love into you. And that's why God's heart was so grieved when Adam and Eve were separated from his presence because of their sin. The whole of mankind was once separated from God's presence, from the one who loved us and the one who created us, separated from his presence, but still loved by God. And God's desire was to bring humanity back to a place where he could once again pour his love into our lives. That great love in his heart, he desired to pour it into our lives. And so, whilst we were far away from God, whilst humanity was on a path that didn't include God, he continued to love us. His love for us, his most precious creation of all, led him to carry out the greatest act of love ever. God himself stepped into this world. He put on a suit of flesh. His name was Jesus. And Jesus lived as one of us. Jesus faced trials and temptations all the challenges that life throws at us, Jesus faced those challenges to the uttermost, yet he was without sin. And this perfect, this sinless lamb of God, this sinless man then laid his life down for us. Jesus was nailed to the cross to take the punishment for our sin. An innocent man taking the place of the guilty. And so we turn to the Bible and our very first verse is probably the most famous verse of all, but you can't talk about the love of God without sharing John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world. You know, that's the key to this whole thing. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. So those who believe in Jesus now stand perfect in God's sight. Isn't that wonderful? Simply by repenting, saying, God, I want to turn away from my old life and believing in Jesus, you now stand perfect in God's sight. Because Jesus took the punishment for our sin. He paid the price for our sin through his death. When I was baptized, the verse that was read over me was was this, it says, For I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, each one of us, the moment you believed in Jesus was the moment that you were crucified with Christ. The old has been washed away. The old is completely gone. All things have become new. Now God looks at you and you're perfect before God and you can come into the presence of God and God doesn't just love you, but you're in a position where God just can pour his love into your life once again. It says in Romans 5, verses 6 to 8 and then verse 11. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love. Everyone say, Great love. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And then skip over to verse 11. It says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You're a friend of God. You are loved by God. You're a vessel of his love, and God wants to pour his love into your life. Our Father in heaven, our loving heavenly Father, has always loved us, He has loved you with an everlasting love. And it says in Jeremiah 31 verse 3 that he's loved us with an everlasting love and he has drawn us with his loving kindness. You know, there's something about the love of God that just makes you want to know more about him. It doesn't make you want to run from him. That's why religion has got a lot to answer for because religion paints this picture of God as an angry God, an ogre in heaven. Um, unapproachable but God's heart is so filled with love for each one of us that you know his loving kindness for me it drew me it's drawn me and it continues to draw me to a place where I just want to be in his presence I want to be close to him when we were utterly separated by our sin each one of us at some point in our lives we made the decision to draw close to God and God was right there ready to pour his love in there's now nothing that can separate us from God's love. Let me read these words from Romans 8, verses 38 to 39. If I could only have one chapter of one book in the Bible, it would be Romans chapter 8. (laughs) And it says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Praise God. Neither death nor life, neither, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, God's love isn't a faraway thing. God's love is present in our lives every day. It's like a vast reservoir that never runs dry. Imagine yourself in the middle of this vast reservoir. You can't see to the end and you're right in the middle of it and that's God's love for you. It never runs dry. It's vast. And the thing is about God's love, God's love isn't far off. God's love has been poured out into our hearts, into the very core of our lives by God himself who is present with us Every moment of every day. Because of course the Bible says that God is love. So if we have God in our lives, then we have His love in our lives. And that's a vast reservoir of love that never runs dry. It says in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I, I always struggle with this verse as I as I begin to read it and then I realize what it's saying. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I mean, none of us actually start rejoicing when we face problems and trials, do we? For, w- for we know that they help us develop endurance. and de- Endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You know, and it seems like to me that in those trials, in those painful times in life, in those struggles, in those times of temptation, it seems to me like the love of God becomes more tangible and closer and and, and more touchable in my life in those difficult times. It's like God just comes and just reminds me he's with me and he is for me and he will never stop loving me and his love carries us through those tough times in life, doesn't it? There is literally nothing in this world that compares to the love of God. It truly is a vast reservoir that fills our lives when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives because God is love. So when we, fa- when we face challenges, we can draw on that reservoir of God's love. When a person has a true understanding of God's love, they become complete. There's only one thing that can complete your life, one thing that can fulfill and and, and cause you to have satisfaction in your life, and that's the love of God. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. This is talking about a vast reservoir of love. May you experience the love of Christ. I'll say that again. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it's too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So what is it that brings completeness to our lives? It's the love of God. And we can not just know about God's love, But the words here, it says that we can experience God's love. And I want to be someone that doesn't just know about God's love. I want to be someone that experiences God's love in my life on a daily basis. God wants us to understand his love by experiencing his love. So when we have a true experiential understanding or a true experiential knowledge of God's love, it will affect our lives. And this is... uh, kind of the last part, I suppose, of what I want to talk about today, although there's a bit more to it. Um, God's love will affect the way we live our lives. It will basically cause us to do two things. Number one, a true understanding, a true experiential understanding of God's love, number one, will cause us to love God back, but it will also cause us to love other people as well. So let's just talk about those two things our love for God. So God's love is so perfect. God's love is so pure, so selfless, so sacrificial, it's totally irresistible. Again, we read those words, he's drawn us with his loving kindness. Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, when I taste food, I'm like, and someone says, you know, have a taste of this, it's fantastic, and I taste it, I'm like, wow, it's fantastic, I see that now. And it's the same with God's love, once you've tasted of, once you've experienced God's love, you just want more. Psalm 63 verse 3 says this, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. So there's an instant response to experiencing God's love here, and that is to come back to God. It's to give him praise. It's to worship him, to fall at his feet and adore him. Our instant response to to experiencing God's love is that we love him back. Now, when I was baptized when I was 17 years old, I quoted the verse uh, 1 John 4, 19. I'll tell you what it says in a second, because this verse summed up how I felt at the time, and at that time, um, I was experiencing God's presence and God's love in my life, um, really for the first time in a, in a tangible way. I'd always known about God's love, but at this time in my life, I was truly experiencing like waves of God's love just coming over my life and uh, His presence in a way that I'd never known before. And so the only way to sum it up was this, and this is my paraphrase of the verse when I was 17, I love him because he first loved me. I love him because he first loved me. And that's one thing that the love of God will do in your life, it will cause you to love God back. And when you truly know God's love in your life, you will just love him back and, and that has such an impact on your life. It will make you want to serve him. It will make you, want to, it will make you love his people as well because there's one thing that God loves above anything else, it's people. Um, and it will change the way that you live your life. I love him because he first loved me. So our Heavenly Father's love in our lives, it turns our hearts towards him, doesn't it? His love for us makes us want to live for him and do his will in our lives. His love for us compels us to fall down before him in adoration and worship. God's love for us causes us to move away from worldly pleasures and sins. It it causes all those things that we know in our hearts that don't please God to just move away from those things. The more you know God's love, the more you won't want to do that stuff anymore. Um, God's love for us stirs our hearts. It it gives us a reason for living. God's love for us causes us to know that we're cherished by God, that we're utterly precious to God. Someone here needs to know today you are loved by God. You are precious to God. He cherishes you. Every one of us in this room, every person who lives in this world is cherished by God. Oh, but praise God. Many of us today, we've put our faith in Jesus, and so we stand before God, totally accepted vessels of his love. God just wants to pour his love into your life. He wants you to know that you are loved and cherished today. But also, understanding God's love, it it causes us to love people. This is the one that we sometimes struggle with more than loving God. God's easy to love, but sometimes people aren't, are they? Um, because they're not perfect like God is. But a true experiential knowledge of God, understanding of God's love for us, will cause us not just to love God, but also to love people. And the thing is, the thing that God loves more than anything is people, you and I. In fact, according to the passage that we're about to read, our ability to love people can only come from one place, and that is an authentic, authentic, personal knowledge of God's love for us. So let's read what it says in 1 John 4, verses 7 to 12. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins dear friends since God loved us that much we surely ought to love one another no one has ever seen God No one in this world has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. In other words, people in this world can see God when they see us, the church, loving each other. If we truly know God's love, we will truly love one another. And what I'm saying isn't about striving more I must love this person, even though they really irritate me. I am going to make myself love this person. I am going to do nice stuff for them because maybe that will help me feel better about them. It's not about us striving more to love people. This what, what it's saying in this passage here is that pure, selfless, and sacrificial love—that the God kind of love—it will flow naturally from our lives and from our hearts. The more we know God's love. So, again, it, we just have to keep coming back to God's love. Get to know God more. Get to know His love for you more. Be that vessel of God's love. And then, actually, the people that you find it really hard to love, because they're not perfect like you, um, maybe you'll be able to love them. And the only way to do that is be filled with God's love. When you know God's love, you find security and you have nothing to prove. Do you know what? I think that's the key to loving other people, being secure, being secure in who we are, not having stuff to prove. When you know God's love, you'll find your identity in God. You won't be seeking to find your identity from other people, from other people's opinions or what do they say about me and then if they don't say the right stuff about you, you feel pretty rotten and you don't love them anymore. But when you know God's love, you find your identity in God. And so then you'll be able to point other people towards God so that they can find their identity in God. When you, love, when, when you know God's love, you'll find your worth and your value in God. And therefore, you'll be able to see the worth and value that other people have to God as well. Rather than looking down on people, you'll be able to see How precious they are to God. When you know God's love, you'll find overwhelming mercy in times of need, in times of sin, in times of failure. And so, recognizing how much mercy God's poured out upon you, you'll be able to show mercy to others rather than showing judgment and condemnation. You know, us Christians, we're good at showing judgment and condemnation, aren't we? We're good at making it look like we're perfect. (laughs) <laughs> but the truth is that we all need God's mercy. We all need God's grace poured out upon us. And so what a wonderful thing it is to recognize that and then to be able to pour that upon other people. When you know God's love, you'll find true compassion and care in times when you're fragile, when you're hurting, when you're feeling broken. And so your heart will be moved with compassion towards others. When others are going through times of hurt and brokenness and just feeling fragile, you'll be able to show that incredible love that God has shown you in those times as well. So let me just remind you of that picture of the Father and how much he loves you. So you're like a young child in his arms and he gazes at you with eyes that are just filled with pure and selfless and sacrificial love and the immense love that he has for you compels father god time and time again to put his love into action god is compelled because of his love for us to nurture and provide for us to watch over and protect us to show compassion and mercy towards us and to bring wisdom and correction to us and these continual actions of love that God has for you and I are never for his benefit. They're always authentic and they often come at a great cost. And there is nothing that could stop God loving you. Before Jesus left this world, he gave his disciples a new commandment. John 13 verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give, give to you, that you love one another should we say that together a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you that you also love one another by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so as christians our love for one another is an incredible witness, as we spoke about just now. It's an incredible witness to the world around us. It's so attractive because it reveals the heart of God to other people. And And it flows and can only flow from hearts that are filled with God's love. And it shows that we're disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus. And lastly, just as the Father's love for us, it's he's compelled to put his love in his heart into action time and time again. So is our love for one another. It's more than words. Love is not words. Love is is not um, just a nice feeling. Love is not even thinking, I would make a sacrifice for that personal. I I, I feel like um, I just want to uh, do something kind, love is about action as well as about the feeling or about the words. And it says in first john three sixteen to eighteen this is the last passage, last scriptures today. it says, we know what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us. I just love the fact that one John three sixteen relates to John three sixteen. You know, we, lo- we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's a challenge. So it's speaking about making sacrifices. It's speaking about selfless love. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children... Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. I've been thinking about the fact that, you know, we have our church family. And uh, as a church family, there's lots that we're doing in the community. But for various reasons, and often very good reasons, there's often a number of people that attend our church on a Sunday Um, and maybe are involved with connect groups and stuff that um, don't get very involved with what we do in the community. And and I really want to shift the whole kind of church and the community. It feels like sometimes there's a bit of divide between the two. I want the two to be one. And uh, my heart is that uh, as a church family, we all take responsibility for what we're doing in the community Um, and we all get involved um, to the greatest extent and as much as we can. And I really want to sing, Mighty One, as we finish in a minute. Um, and uh, and so my prayer is that that we, this this church community, uh, would get involved. Um, with with everything that we're doing in the community. The Tots and Toys group that starts next Monday, Messy Church that starts this Wednesday, the Kids Club in October, we're going to be putting on an open day at the Empower Centre on Saturday, the 9th of October. We have the Food Bank, we have Baby Basics, um, which has never been busier. And there's so much need that we are meeting through um, all of these ministries. Um, I mean, it's incredible. And... And I I don't want you guys to miss out on what we're doing, so have a think about that. Have a think about how you guys can get involved more with what we're doing in the community. I know, obviously, people are working, uh, but there's always something that we can do uh, to connect more with what we're doing in the community. I'm saying that because today I'm speaking about God's love, and love is something that we put into action in our lives. So I just want to finish this morning by, by just saying that you know, the way to love each other, the way to love our community with this pure and selfless and sacrificial love, a love that's active and, and not passive, God's love is to know and experience God's love in our lives. So the best thing that we can, in, we, we can do is invite God by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to fill our lives. Because when the Holy Spirit fills your life, the love of God fills your life. And you, you're that vessel that God wants to fill with his love today. Uh, Would you just stand with me just for a minute? I just want to pray for you today. And as we stand here, would you just, uh, if you feel comfortable to do so, just lift your hands. Because, uh, you know, when I lift my hands, um, sometimes it's an act of surrender. Sometimes it's a kind of Lord, I'm a vessel, fill me up. You know, just lift your hands in such a way that you're kind of saying, God, fill me up right now. Each one of you, that's good. That's good. Just keep your hands lifted. Holy Spirit, God, I thank you that you fill every life. Fill us with your Spirit. And as you fill us with your Spirit, as you fill us with your very presence, I thank you that you fill us with your love. Lord, each person, where there's hurt, where there's feelings of guilt, where there's shame, where there's sin, I thank you, Lord, that your love is just drawn to all of those things. Lord, fill us with your love. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your spirit, God. Come like a flood, come like a waterfall over every life. Oh, God, turn that tap on in in every life, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that when we know your love, we just love you back. Thank you, Lord, that when we know your love, Lord, we love others. And I pray, God, that we would be a people, because of your love in us, that love each other. And I thank you for the witness that that will be in this world all around us. Thank you, Lord. Just put your hands down a minute, but just stay standing because I just want to ask one more question. If there's anyone here and you've never accepted Jesus as your saviour, you've never said, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you took my sin when you died on the cross. You've never said, God, I thank you that I'm forgiven of my sin because of Jesus. If that's you today, then I would love to pray for you this morning. Maybe you've been walking away from God. Maybe you've just not been in a right relationship with God. And today, you just want to go back to your first love. And you want to serve God once again with all of your heart. If that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus today, if you're saying, yes, Jesus, I accept your love. Thank you that you forgive me of my sin. Maybe for the first time, maybe you're coming back to God today. Would you just raise your hand really high in the air so I can just see who you are? Don't need to be shy. Thank you. I say you don't need to think about who else is around you. It's just, this is you and God right now. Thank you. That's wonderful. Anyone else today? That's two hands. Anyone else today? Father, I thank you for these two people who have just responded to your love today. Your great love that caused you to send Jesus. Your great love that was poured out when Jesus died on the cross, but that is continually poured out upon our lives today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you. Lord, thank you that you're for us. Thank you that because we know you're for us, then what can stand against us? Nothing. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love today. Amen. If you put your hand up today, the two individuals that put their hands up, um, the, the card that you have... Um, just take it to the back there where there's a, there's a Welcome Home banner. At the end of the service, just go to the back corner of the room there where the banner is and, uh, and, and hand that card in, and uh, those guys will love to chat to you. They, they have a, a Bible that they'd love to give you. Uh, so if that's you, then make sure you go into that corner at the end of the service. But we're just going to sing uh, this, uh, this wonderful song. Just let the words just penetrate your heart. Let God's love just fill your life. Should we just lift our hands again? Thank you, Lord. Come on, just let God's love just fill your life this morning. Praise God.